This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. Have you had your eyes checked lately? There's a lot to look out for beyond seeing if you need stronger readers, as I found out for myself. And has the legalization of marijuana made you canna curious? I'll delve into a Zoomer Media partnership that aims to answer all your questions about cannabis as part of a healthy lifestyle. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. A shocking story of elder neglect at a Burlington hospital. The family of 77-year-old Bob Wilson has shared a photo of their dad's bed sore that's so bad it's shocked even medical staff. He was admitted to Joseph Brandt Hospital five months ago after a serious fall, and it wasn't until last month when he was transferred to nearby Hamilton General that the family was made aware of the wound. The senior was septic the night he arrived, and doctors say he may not survive the infection. A former business manager of Stan Lee has been charged with five counts of elder abuse involving the late Marvel Comics mogul. 43-year-old Kaya Morgan faces a number of charges, including false imprisonment of an elder adult, theft, embezzlement, and forgery. Last year, the 95-year-old Lee and his daughter were granted a restraining order against Morgan. Lee, co-creator of such characters as Spider-Man, Iron Man, and the Incredible Hulk, died in November. It was quite a reunion. A Holocaust survivor welcomed a U.S. Army veteran to her Detroit home this week and thanked him for taking part in the 1945 liberation of the German concentration camp where she was being held. Here's the exchange between 89-year-old Sophie Klisman and 95-year-old Doug Harvey. I can't take credit for the entire 15,000 guys in my division, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you were one of them. <laughs> I was and you're one still of them. I was there. Yep, and I'm I was very there. fortunate to meet you wow. and to thank you. Want to stay healthy as you age? Let go of anger. A new study suggests that anger, far more than sadness, is linked to negative health effects in older people that could contribute to inflammation and chronic illness. The researchers say anger motivates people to push through circumstances while sadness can kickstart the healing process after trauma. It's published in Psychology and Aging. Wheat-puffing fans of the legendary English rock band The Who got a stern talking to from frontman Roger Daltrey during the band's concert at Madison Square Garden this week. He told them to stop because he's allergic to it. All the ones smoking grass down the front here, I'm totally allergic to it. When concertgoers began to snicker, the 74-year-old rock star insisted, I'm not kidding. And when that didn't work... His on-stage language got a lot worse. I'm Libby Snymer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. 
And can you look to the right? So we just like looking at the front of the eye to make sure everything's nice and healthy. Look to your left. Usually this is where we look for any sort of initial UV damage on your eye. That's me in the chair having my eyes examined by Dr. Ritesh Patel. It's been years and I decided to finally get it done since May is Vision Health Month. So Libby, it looks like your prescription's changed uh, for reading, which which is kind of in line with what you had described before. You kind of found yourself holding your um, the computer or holding the stuff up close a little bit further away. So this updated prescription is going to make things nice and clear for you. But there's a lot more to look out for to preserve our vision as we age. Dr. Patel dropped by the studio to talk about it. I think the first one that comes to mind is glaucoma. And glaucoma is the second leading cause of blindness in North America and Canada specifically as well. And it's called a silent blinder because you actually feel nothing and you don't realize those changes are taking place. So glaucoma actually impacts your peripheral vision so that it can slowly cave in over years and decades, and it can happen in one eye or the other or both. And you can literally still see 20-20. You can have glasses, not have glasses, and see perfectly fine, and not realize until you're, quite frankly, bumping into furniture to realize you have this disease. So 70% of people who have glaucoma have no clue they have it, and literally is the second leading cause of blindness. What age do you have to start worrying about it? You know, I have um, people in my practice in their 20s that have glaucoma. Right. So by far, it's usually 50s and 60s and above. But, uh, you know, it's not to say that when you're younger, you can't have it either. What about dry eye disease? And is it is it really a disease? It is a disease. So dry eye disease Mm -hmm. is is very much linked to inflammation. By definition, it's an inflammation on the surface of your eye. Um, in our case, we see a lot of dry eye disease, about 30 to 40 percent of patients will have dry eye disease in some form or the other. Uh, And whether it's pain, whether it's fluctuation of vision, scratchy grittiness, feeling redness, watery eyes, people don't quite realize that watery eyes is is a sign of dryness because it's very counterintuitive. So we'll have people say, I don't have dry eyes, I have watery eyes. Well, meanwhile, it's, you know, it's all cut from the same cloth. People can be disabled because of dry eye? Absolutely. I, though you wouldn't believe it. People that don't uh, finish school because of it have to take sick days off of work because of it. What can you do about it? Tons of things. And that's, that's, that's the amazing thing is that years ago, it would just be, here's your drop and that's it. And we were just having a conversation about, uh, in, interestingly enough, vitamins, because there are vitamins you can take for dry eye. Um, there's certain uh, medications if you need to. There's natural methods like warm compresses, or cleaning of the lids. So there's, there's quite a few um, different ways to treat or manage dry eye. And it truly depends on, first of all, understanding why you have it and what we can do to kind of change that path. And then there's the biggie is macular degeneration. It's such a scary condition. So, you know, essentially it's the leading cause of blindness in North America and Canada. And over 1.5 million Canadians uh, have vision loss from macular degeneration. And uh, going back to cataracts, 3.5 million Canadians have cataracts. So we're talking about 5 million of the, let's call it 30 to 35 million people are affected by these two conditions, Right. Macular degeneration uh, impacts your central vision, your 2020 color vision details. That's really what uh, the macula is uh, is doing. And if that tissue gets damaged, unfortunately, uh, you know it's it's starting down a path that leads to vision loss. But not only vision loss, but you know depression and other stuff that kind of goes along with not being able to physically see. Now the thing is, it's very much manageable or avoidable if we take the right precautions. So UV protection is one of the crucial, crucial things we stress to people 
Because in Canada, although it's, it's you know, we wait nine months to get to three months of summer, um, those nine months of cloudy or overcast are still allowing 90% of UV coming through. So we want to make sure that we know to protect our eyes in the sun, but also on cloudy overcast days that we're not just allowing UV to damage the eyes. UV damage is a big cause of macular degeneration? Absolutely. So the three main causes of macular degeneration, one is genetics. Genetics plays a role with many of these things. Um, and there's a discussion about how genetics could be, uh, our genes can be turned on and off. Uh, but ultimately, genetics is a key risk factor. Second risk factor is smoking, right? Uh, and third risk factor is UV. How early can you find this? The technologies allowed us to detect it much earlier now. So we have capabilities to to uh, detect it early and in turn manage it early, way earlier than we did five, let alone a decade ago. What's the difference between dry and wet macular degeneration? Oh, great question. So the majority of cases are dry macular degeneration, 90%, and about 10% is wet macular degeneration. What happens is when, you're, uh, when your body is unable to get rid of the toxins, uh, which is what macular degeneration is, it's a buildup of toxins. And when your body is unable to get rid of it, it actually starts growing new blood vessels underneath the tissue. And when those blood vessels normally grow but, but leak, that's when you go from being uh, or having dry macular degeneration to wet macular degeneration. And the vision difference is very significant. Uh, dry macular degeneration, you can still have or hopefully maintain um, well enough vision to, let's call it drive. Whereas once you have wet macular degeneration, that type of, uh, you know, you're, in many cases, you're sure past that point. Is there anything that I've left out? I think the drive uh, take-home message is the UV protection. It is the one that we have so much control over. And unfortunately, we just, um, we just lack the understanding that UV damage does cause cataracts and macular degeneration. So we just want to simply be as aware as possible about it. Dr. Ritesh Patel, thanks so much. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. That was Dr. Ritesh Patel from the Ontario Association of Optometrists. May is Vision Health Month. Last year, 1.8 million Canadians between the ages of 45 and 64 consumed cannabis. Tens of thousands of them used it for medical reasons. And now that it's legal, more and more Zoomers are what is called Canicurious. Zoomer Media has teamed up with entrepreneur Derek Reedley to answer all our questions. He joined me at the Zoomerplex. Why is there still a stigma around cannabis when it's everywhere and it's legal here in Canada? Well, sure. It is an amazing time to be a cannabis consumer, a cannabis enthusiast, and to see it come into the mainstream. It is slowly coming into the mainstream, although retail is available online and everywhere in, in the country. Canadians' attitudes are changing, but they are changing slowly, and fully one-third of those who enjoy uh, cannabis do stay in the cannabis closet with somebody in their uh, lives. It seems to be everywhere in flavor of the month. Just this week, I got emails from a department store talking about all the makeup that is infused with CBD. Then I've received emails from my cooking subscriptions on how to cook with cannabis. Yeah. So it's it seems to be ubiquitous. It, it is almost everywhere. And that can be part of the problem. There is so much information and disinformation and marketing-oriented information out there, particularly towards a CBD, that consumers can feel somewhat overwhelmed and not know where to start. And that's part of what we're trying to do at, at Civilized. We're trying to bring a civilized tone to this conversation, a conversation that many Canadians uh, have wanted for quite a while. 
Well, when it comes to baby boomers, I mean, we grew up with pot, marijuana. Yeah. So why do we need to, presumably, a lot of people remember it from high school when you did it behind your parents' back? Sure, yeah. <laughs> I have a theory that I never learned anything when my parents were watching. To me, this is a fulfilled, uh, a promise fulfilled from uh, baby boomers in, in the 60s. You know, the 60s led to the 70s, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and then we went into the 80s. The conservatives seemed to, to, I don't mean the conservative party, but just conservative in, in general, attitudes took hold. And cannabis, the war on drugs took effect, and it really affected Canadians' attitudes, and we're still living in the shadow of that. Is it because a lot of people associate cannabis with stoners? Uh, well, it's most certainly uh, because, partially because uh, people uh, associate cannabis with uh, stoners. They also associate it with risks that aren't true, whether it's the way it was positioned in the Reefer Madness films. Oh, that was long before anyone's time. Right, but the, we're, we're living with generations that were raised by people, and these, uh, these deep-seated attitudes were drilled into, in, into uh, people's heads. What is the association that people who use cannabis are stoners who uh, are, you know, in the basement? Yeah. Well, and, and look, that's not an invalid assessment if you're looking at it from a distance, particularly over the last 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Uh, those who you would call stoners, or I, I call them classic cannabis uh, consumers, felt compelled to be out of the cannabis closet because they were marginalized, whether they didn't have uh, a job, they dropped out of school, or they just weren't doing certain things. It was those with who perceived they had things to lose, relationships, uh, jobs, uh, what have you, who stayed in that cannabis closet. And uh, consequently, uh, cannabis culture became synonymous with stoners when it is only one part of cannabis culture. There's a great big tent of other people out there, whether they're entrepreneurs, business people, politicians, media personalities. Cannabis consumers come in all shapes and sizes and cross all economic strata. So you want to get it to be perceived the same way that, say, you would view somebody who has a nice wine with dinner. To me, it's about recontextualizing the conversation. Cannabis is a safe and healthy alternative to alcohol. And in a society that does tolerate and somewhat celebrates alcohol, I think it's only fitting that cannabis uh, is perceived in a similar manner. Derek Reedley, thanks so much. Thank you. That was Derek Reedley of Civilized. He's teamed up with Zoomer Media to provide educational cannabis content. That brings us to the end of this edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer, Moses Nimer. Produced by Christine Ross, Michelle Saunders, Paul Thomas, Faz Kazi, and Justin Eacock. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.